Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. So the Montana legislature approved, they passed legislation that would allow for the creation of charter schools here in Montana. Now, it basically, would, and some of you legislators uh, call in, fill me in if I get any of this part wrong here, because I'm, I'm just kind of trying to quickly summarize here before I get to the, the topic I want to kick off the show with here this morning. But So they, they passed legislation to get signed into law by the governor, and it allows for the creation of charter schools. It allows, you know, and, and in theory, this, this would be great. You can have more innovation, more flexibility. You know, to try to, you know, provide better programming for kids, maybe more finely tailored programming for kids. You know, like I think about the fact that our, you know, our kids in America have have fallen very far behind when it comes to, you know, math and and the sciences and things like that. And uh, and so especially after all these absurd COVID-19 lockdowns and shutdowns and mask mandates that really set American children far behind. So, hey, maybe with new flexibility we can actually create some new programming for kids. So so they, they passed charter school legislation. They passed more school choice legislation to give not only more flexibility for, for private schools, for independent schools, but also for, for public schools as well. And and then, okay, isn't it interesting that, that, of course, here the will of the people gets signed into law by the governor after the legislature, the elected lawmakers passed the legislation. But isn't it just so convenient? That some liberal judge here in Montana, oh no no no, I'll allow the public school charter schools to move forward, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pause on the private school charter schools. It's like these judges, the way they push their personal agenda from the the bench is just so insane. But anyway, uh, in Billings, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. I I first uh, talked about this uh, several weeks ago. I was interviewing the new school superintendent of School District 2, the largest school district in the state of Montana. And and he's, he seems like a great guy, really nice guy. And to a certain extent, his hands are kind of tied, right? Uh, but uh, And he's a very honest guy. I mean, he'll come say, hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing. But anyway, one of the charter schools, he was telling me this. They're, they're trying to uh, put together a few different charter schools. And, you know, one would, would emphasize more of the trades education, trades opportunities, which is great. Our kids need more of that. But then, uh, then my my, uh, my 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 eyebrows, I guess, perked up. I guess you'd say. He started talking about one of the uh, one of the charter schools would be focused on basically the refugee students. You know, they're going to dump a, a whole bunch of so-called refugees into Billings, Montana, and so one of three charter schools is going to be solely focused on. Basically, not just language education for these students from all sorts of various backgrounds, whether it's Afghanistan, Ukraine or Venezuela, but they're also going to include cultural education, you know, because if somebody's coming from Afghanistan, they may not have the same views on women that you and I do here in Montana. Anyway, they're going to spend $350,000 just for the base funding on this charter school. Let's talk about that and more. Phone lines are open for you back after this. This. 
This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, when it comes to this charter school for so-called refugees, you've got to think that there's a way that the state of Montana could and should push back against this. I mean, I know to a certain extent their hands are probably tied, but I, I just think that that overwhelmingly what what the folks in Montana uh, truly believe is that is that look, we cannot trust the so-called vetting that our federal government is doing right now. I, I mean, we, we've covered this topic at length here on Montana Talks. We've got the Biden administration allowing a full-blown invasion of illegal aliens into this country vis-a-vis our southern border and to a certain extent our northern border as well as they've diverted resources uh, south to just simply process paperwork and not actually push these illegals out of this country. But but we're also seeing where where they're just abusing the asylum process. They're abusing the so-called refugee process. And, and we had a, a guy by the name of John Fabricatori. Uh, he's a former ICE field office director for the state of Colorado and for the state of Wyoming. He told us straight up on this show. He said, yes, they were abusing the refugee and asylee process there. And and when I asked him, I said, it seems to us like they're just, you know, it's like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. The federal government is like, you get to be a refugee. You get to be a refugee. You get to be a refugee, even though they have no real way to vet a lot of these people. Unlike in in the past, when you had refugees come into this country, even come into Montana, there was a clear vetting process. We knew who was coming in, right? The Hmong people of Missoula served alongside American personnel. And so so we knew exactly who was coming in. They They were like family to the Americans that were bringing them here, right? We don't know who all the Biden administration is bringing into this country, Not just because of the wide open invasion on our southern border, but also through the the refugee and asylum process, because they are just wanting to allow anybody into this country. And so so anyway, now, uh, because uh, because they're going to be dumping these refugees, these so-called refugees into Billings, Montana, they were telling us at least 100 uh, so-called refugee uh, uh, families were going to be dumped into Billings, Montana. So now. They're also going to be putting kids into a school system that doesn't that isn't adequately using the resources they have right now to serve the kids in their school district right now. School safety, school security, a top issue for parents these days. Right. Uh, So school district two, which is the largest school district in the state, they recently did a security review to identify any security vulnerabilities they might have in the school system. Big gaps. Massive holes in their security system. Hey, you need some cameras here. Hey, you need some cameras over there. Hey, maybe you need to implement this here. Maybe you need to implement that there. And by the way, hats off to the new superintendent for for, for working to tackle that issue. And I get it. His hands are a little bit tied because whether whether you agree or not, these kids are going to be dumped into his system. He has to figure out a way to deal with it. So now you're going to have all these people from all these different countries speaking all these different languages. And so... What are these school teachers supposed to do? So now $350,000 per school year is the base funding alone that's being requested by the district. And it got approved. It, it's now already gotten approved. Um, they, they got approval for all three of the, the public charter schools that they have applied for, including the newcomer 
school for these so-called refugees. The school superintendent, when also talking about the 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 massive security shortfalls that they have in the public schools, also talked about how, man, we don't even have enough school nurses to go around. And, and we don't have this and we don't have that. And you, and you think about how old and aging the West High School facility is. And, and they know they're going to need another high school here eventually. But no, 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 no. We're going to take at least $350,000 per school year. And we're going to, in that, instead of going to more uh, intense math programs or more intense science programs or to offer another opportunity for kids that are already here in the system, for taxpayers that are already here in the system. No, no, no. We're going to. We're going to give those resources to non-Americans instead. And in a community that doesn't have the, the types of background that other communities might have. Like, for example, even if these are fully vetted refugees and even if we know who these people are, well, why would you place them in Billings, Montana instead of Northern Virginia or San Diego, California, where there's already an existing community that already has the, the language capability, the cultural understanding and more? Instead, no, they want to dump them into Billings, Montana. Some of these numbers were interesting uh, here from uh, from a recent uh, newspaper report here. The number of identified English learner students in the school district, this is just in, in that one school district, rose from 25 in the 2015 to 2016 school year to 245 in 2020 to 2021 to now 348 in the current 2023 to 24 uh, school year. And so that's how much the, the non-English speaking uh, enrollment has grown. And, and this is, of course, before all the refu- these so-called refugees will be, will be dumped in Billings, Montana. But, but my question is, and this is a question that some of you, some of you lo- legislators that are listening may have the answer for us on, which is why can't the state, why can't the state put, put a halt to this? Why, why can't the state push back? Because here's the problem is that the more resources we provide, whether it's for illegal aliens or whether it's for so-called refugees or whether it's for homeless transients, if you build it, they will come. If we keep spending more of our taxpayer dollars to provide resources, whether it's for the homeless transient, oftentimes criminal element, or whether it's for so-called refugees that have not and cannot be fully vetted by this failed federal government, If you build it, they will come. They will encourage more to keep coming in, taking away resources from the American taxpayers that are already here uh, in the system. Anyway, phone lines are open. Back after. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. Call in right now. We've got a line open for you. Ah, Diane and Moult, stand by. You're next up. First, we've got Sean and Libby on the phone line. Sean, great to hear from you. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Good morning, and good morning to your staff. Doing an excellent job as usual. My topic is is that the border the borders of Montana itself. And I'm sure the police are already on top of this, so maybe I'm speaking for nothing. But, uh, you know, double or triple up the uh, uh, border security on, on the borders of Montana, including the secondary roads, uh, it's important. I also like to add to that, I know that all requires funding, and 
I highly uh, recommend uh, Montanians to contribute to the Sheriff's Association to be able to pay for this. Uh, the other point is, second point, is that uh, any agency in Montana should require an ID. Uh, all agencies uh, should require an ID. I'm, I'm even saying a gas station. Uh, just to catch uh, these people prolif- uh, going through our state, which shouldn't be here. Uh, or what, or proof of citizenship, to be even more precise than just an ID card, because some places will give illegal aliens an ID card so that they have the appearance of legal citizenship. Correct. Yeah, Correct, correct, yes, that, that's true. Well, those are my two points, and uh, you could take it from here. All right. So, uh, all right, sounds good, Sean. Thank Thanks for calling in. Yeah, appreciate it. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Uh, by the way, for those who haven't heard the uh, the latest update here, I shared this on our Montana Talks website. Speaking of our southern border, speaking of this I- illegal immigrant invasion that's taking place not just here in America but here in Montana, last week we told you how uh, two stabbing suspects uh, charged with attempted deliberate homicide in Bozeman Apparently, like, over a dozen people were detained. I mean, everybody, like, when when the SWAT team showed up to raid this house, they said it was like people were, people were, like, fleeing everywhere. It was like, you know, like, you know, their brother, their mother, their sister, their cousin, and everybody else was, was flooding out of this house. And we reported last week that two, that the two men charged with attempted deliberate homicide in that incident um, are on an ICE hold, are on an Immigration and Customs Enforcement hold in uh, the Gallatin County Jail. I had some messages come from some of our listeners that I verified and confirmed Friday morning after the show. There was a stabbing incident in the Flathead Valley. There was a stabbing incident in Kyla, Montana. Two illegal aliens were part of that stabbing incident and uh, the Flathead County sheriffs are basically uh, working to get those two deported. So uh, the latest news on that front uh, on our Montana Talks uh, website. All right, next up, let's go to Diane in Molt. Diane, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Good morning, Aaron. I have two things. First of all, I only caught a little bit about your, your school situation, but I don't know if it's the same here, but where I came from, if you have... Some child that comes in that does not speak English, you have to provide a translator for them. And if that translator gets a break or anything, you have to bring someone else in that translate for that child. So I don't know if it's the same here, but if you've got all these different languages coming in, then you have to have a translator for each one of these languages. So I don't know if it's the same here, but now on to my main point. Um, I was watching last night on YouTube, and the truckers are starting to have a boycott against New York City for the $355 million penalty against Trump. Mm-hmm. And the truckers are saying, this isn't right. So I just got off the phone with one of my trucker friends, and he said, yeah. He said, he's on CB, he says, the chatter's up. And he said it'll only take three days for them to shut New York down. 
because the truckers, have you ever seen a bumper sticker for Biden on a truck? <laughs> well, it's it's usually uh, it's usually not too friendly if, if there's a Biden bumper sticker on there, especially now the gas prices are going uh, going back up above three dollars a gallon again. And that's, you know, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen like a, a too friendly of a bumper sticker uh, talking about uh, Joe well, Biden on a truck. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyhow, I just uh, I wondered if you had heard anything about it. And to put it out there for some of your truckers, I know that they listen. Yeah. And it would be interesting. I, I, You know, if they can do this to New York, they said New York only has enough supplies for three days. Mm. And if they can start doing that, they could do that to Washington, D.C. You know, these independent truckers, it, maybe we could get some changes. Yeah, no, I saw that. Um, I saw that on Twitter over the weekend. I had a few people sending it my way. There's a trucker named Chicago Ray on Twitter. And, yep. that, yeah, they're basically calling for truck drivers to boycott New York City as a means of expressing their disappointment with this absurd judgment where, the, where this liberal judge fined President Trump more than $350 million last week. I mean, it's, you know, all these people who clutch their pearls and pretend to care about Vladimir Putin targeting his political opponents and what happened to Navalny. But yet, but yet here they go. They're doing the same type of Putin-esque tactics here in America against Trump, against peaceful pro-life protesters, against Catholic churchgoers. We could go on down the list. Right. So anyhow, just wanted to bring that up. Hey, thank you. Yeah, so that's what. So you, you're hearing that the chatter is definitely up on the CBs. Yeah, I'd be interested. I know we've got a lot of great truck drivers that listen to this show here. Sometimes they have to listen a little later in the day. They go back and listen to the, you know, podcasts on the various uh, radio station apps. A lot of them are listening live, though, even as they travel all across the country. So, hey, if you're one of those truck drivers, give us a call, 406-294-0970. Or uh, when you've got a safe moment to pull over and, and send us a message, send us a message on the Montana Talks app. It'd be great to hear from you. Uh, we got phone lines open right now if you call right now. Meantime, let's go to John in, oh, it's John Sinrude. John Sinrude in Kalispell, former state legislator. Uh, John, good to hear from you. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, as Dave Ramsey says, better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. There, there you go. Well, happy uh, President's Day, and, you know, I guess that includes uh, former President Donald Trump. Doesn't <laughs> That's so right. So we're all celebrating him. Although, I, you know... Uh, I, uh, although I, you know, I, I appreciate you saying Happy President's Day. I know some people got the day off, but I'm, it's still it's something that just bugs me. Why don't we celebrate George Washington's birthday? It's it's supposed to be February twenty second. We're supposed to be celebrating George Washington's birthday, and while we're at it, let's celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday on February twelfth. Anyway, sorry, I got a little fired up there. Oh no, you're perfectly fine. But regarding <laughs> the refugees, here's a very interesting point. One, why are the refugees coming to Billings, and what organization is helping them be pushed into Billings or Bozeman or Missoula? And maybe those nonprofit organizations that do that need to actually cover the cost of those individual children and the parents that don't speak English to be educated, to be able to at least speak the commerce of America, which is English. That's a great point. Why do we, the taxpayers, have to pay $350,000 just for the base funding alone for this charter school? You think about it. 
They could start their own charter. Well, they could have started their own charter school if this liberal judge didn't block private charter school options. But they could have gotten a very generous, oh-so-giving, oh-so-loving donor to provide $350,000 a year. Um, The Lutheran Family Services and the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services Office in Billings, that's one of the outfits that's, that's doing this. And... And, and frankly, I, I, I know there are some well-meaning individuals who are taking part in this. But first off, you're not helping these kids or these families, even if they are truly vetted. Well, why would you place them in a state that has no resources, that has no uh, no cultural, uh, you know, no, no other folks with a similar culture and similar languages, right? Like, it's just like, uh, it's just, and not only that, but some of these same so-called nonprofits are the ones that are helping the Mexican drug cartels with their illegal invasion of America on our southern border right now. Exactly. And not only that, think of it this way. Everybody sits and complains about mining companies and DEQ and DNRC. They, in a permit, they require them to be bonded to return the, uh, after the mining production is done, to return that back to its natural state or some assemblance of that natural state. So why not require these individuals to actually pull, pour, uh, put up a bond, and they're responsible for at least five to ten years of the education of these individuals, and really put it where they, where everybody gets hurt, and that's her pocketbook. And the bottom line comes down to it is that you cannot continue to put all these individuals in any state that does not have the resources. And yet, what is the population of homeless people in Bozeman, Missoula, Kalispell, Billings? Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't take care of those indi- or can't even find housing for those individuals. How many, how many homeless? Of- how many technically homeless school kids are there in the Billings public schools right now alone? Uh, hundreds of them uh, is what we've been told by the by the public schools in Billings, for example. Okay, so somehow you've magically found the resources to provide for for people that are being brought in here from somewhere else, but you couldn't magically provide those resources to pay for security cameras, to pay for an air conditioning unit in August, even though federal funds were available. But wow, no, I'm, I'm exactly with you. Like, okay, if, if the do-gooders out there really want to do good, then why aren't they paying for this? And, and why isn't the state saying no? We're not paying for this. You're the ones who decided to create your little uh, outfit. The feds are the ones who who approve this. So, no, we're not paying for it. We've got other priorities. Exactly. And all we're doing is putting stress on our system and having all the taxpayers pay for it. And it comes down to is this is ludicrous. And if these liberal leftists, my opinion, communists, really want to fund and have these people there, then you put up the money and a 10-year bond and the funds for 10 years to pay for these people to actually integrate, unlike what it used to be when I looked at it, you know, I grew up in the 70s, and it was basically America was a melting pot. They all went through Ellis Island. and uh, out, of, out of many came one, right? Hold, hold that thought. we got to uh, do a quick break. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. It is National FFA Week. Members across Montana and the entire nation will celebrate agriculture, education, and FFA throughout the week. As part of National FFA Week, it's a time for FFA members and supporters to raise awareness about the National FFA organization's role 
in the state organization's role in developing future leaders in agriculture and the importance of agriculture education. And if you get time, make sure and give on FFA Day, which is tomorrow on Tuesday. It's a great way to give a donation to your local chapter, the State FFA Foundation, or the National FFA Foundation. Are you concerned about the impact government policies could have on your cattle business? One way to make your voice heard in Washington is by joining NCBA. When you join, you'll be part of the nation's oldest and largest national cattle industry organization that has a professional team working in Washington, D.C. on issues that matter to cattle-producing families nationwide. Don't stay on the sidelines. Make your voice heard by joining NCBA today at the website ncba.org. A higher trend continues in our local livestock markets this past week in Billings at the Billings Livestock Commission. The five to five and a half weight steers were priced at three thirty-three to three dollars and forty-nine cents a pound, with the five and a half to six weights two ninety-four up to three dollars and thirty-three cents. I'm Lane North Blind. <laughs> Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Donald Trump Jr. uh, talking about the U.S. Senate race here in Montana. I'll share that one with you here in a few. Do you have something you want to share? Are you sitting back saying, Aaron, hey, why don't you guys talk about this? Or why haven't you talked about that? Well, send us a message on our Montana Talks app or call in right now, 406-294-0970. Back in the phone lines we go. We've got Mark in Park County. Mark, great to hear from you. What's on your mind? So last week I went to a naturalization ceremony in Billings. It was interesting. I, too, am a naturalized citizen. And um, there were 23 individuals from all over the world, Asia, Europe, South America, and Africa. And um, I'm just kind of curious because, you know, these people are doing everything legally, just like myself and my family, but we're not given any uh, monetary um, rewards or anything like they're doing those that are illegal that are coming in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the overall... uh, Perception is if you do something legal in the United States of America, you're going to lose. If you do it illegally, monetarily, you're going to gain. And that's the precedence that's being set for those that are coming in. And they don't even have to speak English. I mean, go into Lowe's or some of these other stores, and they've got it in English and Spanish. There's no reason to learn English. Yeah. yeah. So so you came here uh, the legal way. You went through the process. You probably had to wait several years. Those naturalization ceremonies are just incredible, too. I mean, uh, you know, and, and just the pride in, in becoming an American uh, is so remarkable. But, yeah, you just uh, sneak across the southern border. You know, the Communist Chinese Party puts some money in your pocket, and here you go, pay off the drug cartels. We'll get you into the country. Uh, and... And yeah, and then some of these illegal aliens, Florida Senator Marco Rubio pointed out this week, they're getting more money in cash payments every month than some of our retirees are drawing from their own Social Security that they paid into their entire lives. Exactly. And one of the individuals in the ceremony was totally emotional. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. You know, and it was it was uplifting to see 
people that will honor the rules and laws of this country and follow the process a legal way. And to have, I mean, all the all that's happening now is they're just basically dumping on us that want to assimilate into the country, be productive individuals, and be law-abiding Americans. Yeah. You know, that reminds me, I should try to reach out to these folks. Um, I'll try not to publicly identify them, how I describe them. But several years ago, I remember I, I was doing a show from like an energy expo. And, you know, I had a, had a live booth there. Where, just like we were at the Gate Show in Glendive, I, I was at an energy expo and interviewed a guy. Really cool business concept. They were doing work out in the oil patch. But then they had another business in town uh, that they owned as well. So a very productive family, right? And I remember this family because I'm like, oh, hey, you guys, I, we go to the same church. And I saw him at this energy expo. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize you guys from church. And because the guy kind of had a cool, like, shaved head, looked like Jason Statham kind of with a beard, you know. Um, but they were Canadian. And I, I remember asking somebody who ended up acquiring one of their previous businesses. I said, hey, what are the, whatever happened to the family that, that used to own that gym? And they said, oh, they got... They got sent back to Canada because apparently the federal government said they that they they weren't providing enough value to become U.S. citizens and to stay in America. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? They sent they sent these two like business owners, like good family. They they shipped them back to Canada because they weren't providing enough value. It it is so stupid. I mean, it's just outrageous when you think about it. What I've learned about being an American is it's selective in law enforcement, and it is about the most unlawful thing in the United in the world. When you put out this facade of being inclusive, et cetera, et cetera, and the biggest adversary to that inclusion, and we the people, is the U.S. government. Yeah. Yeah, you, man, That's you talk about being an American. What what did you what was the word you just used to describe the justice system right now? Um, two systems was it selective two? law enforcement? Selective law enforcement. By golly, we, we sure are seeing that across the board, aren't we? Uh, aren't we seeing that? Uh, I'm sure uh, Donald J. Trump, if he were listening right now, he'd be saying Amen to that one. Amen to that one. All right. Well, uh, Mark, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for uh, calling in and. Uh, Glad to hear from a proud American, uh, whether a, a newer American or or born here uh, in America. Either way, great to have you call into the show. Uh, next up, let's go to Logan in Billings. Logan, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. Um, what I wanted to kind of discuss was the uh, <clears throat> the trucker strike going on, refusing to deliver goods to New York. I kind of had a thought on that. Um, first off. Good for the truckers. They're sticking by they're they're sticking by their guns and they're sticking by what they think is right. And we don't have enough of that in our country in this day and age, for sure. Um, I'm I'm only 34 and I can see that. Um, but what I'm really hoping these truckers are able to do is give these people in New York a lesson in how inflation actually works. Because if these truckers stop delivering to New York, prices are going to go up, and maybe they will see that raising oil prices and raising gas prices has a trickle-down effect, trickle-down economics, and maybe they'll start to understand exactly the position that most blue-collar working middle America families are in at the moment. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Well, kind of like the illegal immigration uh, conversation that we've been having. 
folks in New York City and folks in even neighboring New Jersey and Chicago and then other places like Chicago that if you ever talked about the illegal immigration invasion on our southern border, oh, oh, come on. Oh, come on. We're sanctuary cities. We care more than you do. Until all the illegal aliens started showing up in their neighborhoods, all of a sudden they weren't so sanctuary anymore, were they? And now you have um, now you have black radio hosts like this Charlemagne guy talking openly about how all of his callers. It's not just us here in Montana that are calling into talk radio shows talking about the invasion on our southern border. It's on the, the, the black urban hip-hop channels, uh, actually tied in with what um, an, an earlier caller was talking about, about, about legal immigration. You know why George Soros just bought all of these radio stations? Thankfully, I don't think any of them are in Montana, but George Soros just bought a whole bunch of radio stations. A number of those radio stations are, Hispanic, are, are Spanish-language radio stations. Why is George Soros buying Spanish language radio? Because Spanish language radio is turning on Biden and on the left as well. Because the people who came here legally are are probably just as much, if not more, ticked off at illegal immigration than you and I are. Exactly. Exactly. And if they really did care about inclusion like they said they would, they wouldn't just pick a certain group or a certain color to help. They would pick anybody that needed help because it's just... It's sickening that on one side you have to listen about all-inclusive and all this, but then yet I can turn on Hulu and blackness is in bloom. And to me, that is a form of racism. If you're going to be all-inclusive, it doesn't matter what color, what nationality, what anything. Inclusive is all-inclusive. It's in the definition. And so when they so when they use our tax dollars to fund illegal immigrants, now I have nothing wrong with immigration. We are a nation built on that we are we are a melting pot yeah you just have to do it legally that's right well you just have to do it legally i'm also thinking about it too so i got a note from virginia or no this actually came from uh stephanie she sent me an email yesterday yellowstone classical christian academy is opening in joliet in the fall of 2024 and i think this was where they were working with like hillsdale college to help build this classical christian academy you know so here's christians Starting a school, they they didn't go to the state of Montana and say, you must give us funding. You must help us open a school. But but no, no, no. For, for non-American citizens, the people that, that, that think they're such do-gooders helping these so-called refugees, they don't want to put their own money where their mouth is and, and build their own school to help uh, refugees. No, no, no. They want everybody else to pay for it. Like, like what a contrast here, right? People want to build it. These people are are raising money to build their own school. And they'll ask you to willingly and cheerfully donate to it. These other guys are saying, you will pay for this. And we don't care if you like it or not. You will pay for this. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's that's playing, you know, uh, that's playing footy with the Constitution right there. And so far, since the Biden administration stole the office, in my opinion, um, that's what they have been doing. They've been treading on our Constitution, on our founding document. And if you just look back at any and everything, I mean, you know, I, I don't probably need to tell you anything. I mean, just I mean, I mean, just look back on the last three years of how America has been ran versus when Donald Trump, yeah. who, in my opinion, was the greatest president since Reagan, ran this country. It's yeah, just, if, if you were the enemies okay. of America, if you were like, I don't know, say China, where COVID-19 originated from, if you wanted to harm America... What better way could you have harmed America by than installing the guy who's been running America for the last three years, right? I mean, just hypothetically speaking, just 
hypothetically speaking. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, if you call right now, we should be able to sneak you on before we run out of time. 406-294-0970. Peggy asks us a really good question via our Montana Talks app. Where will we find the teachers for the illegals? Rural Montana struggles finding teachers who will agree to accept uh, poverty wages. That's a great question, Peggy. What did I hear? The last time I heard teacher numbers in Montana, what were we, 1,000 down? Eastbound and down. No, 1,000 down. We, I think we were like 1,000 teachers we were short in Montana. Not just rural Montana, but in the bigger schools as well. Okay, so we're, we're, we're short a 1,000 teachers, but by golly, we're going to have enough teachers to teach all the, the so-called refugees, to teach uh, any illegal aliens that might suddenly be appearing in our schools. Now, even though this charter school is technically for the so-called refugees, as we understand it, they will tell you that they can't turn away illegal uh, uh illegal aliens so so basically yeah if we can't find the teachers for the school kids we've got right now why are we going to be dumping more people into the system great question peggy appreciate that uh let's see oh randy randy in billings uh, sent us a message i don't know if you guys saw this story foxnews.com vulnerable senate democrat silent about the biden administration providing veteran medical resources to illegal immigrants yeah democrat senator john tester chairman of the senate va committee isn't saying or doing squat as the biden va has diverted va personnel instead of helping our veterans they're processing claims for illegal aliens that's, the, that's one of the top stories at foxnews.com this morning. The story also points out that Senator Tester had an opportunity to vote to block illegal aliens from getting free taxpayer-funded health care. Well, it's not free. you got to pay for it. Tester voted against that. So he, didn't, he voted to give free health care that you have to pay for to illegal aliens. Uh, Mitch in Kalispell, what's on your mind? Thanks for the call. Uh, good morning. It's I'm originally from Texas, and so a lot of these issues have been around, and I think many Texans are here in Montana because of issues that we saw created by this back in that state. Um, but one thing I've always been curious about is if you really want to make it felt, as you said, these sanctuary cities are starting to feel it. They're starting to feel the immigration issues. Why not take it to where we're really seeing the activism? And that is many of these colleges are offering basically a four-year distraction well, now they six years. <laughs> I was say six years, yeah. yeah. Especially if you've got a man that. bun and a beard and you're a TA, right? Exactly. So why not, you know, why not make the um, public school system, or why not make the actual public university system say, hey, you've got to take it down to only essential. Um, let's, you know, let's continue teaching engineering. Let's continue teaching sciences and other things, but maybe not gender studies. And let's use some of those classrooms for these, for these illegal migrants. Let's use dorm rooms. We've got to house them somewhere. This way we can keep them all together, 
we're able to actually keep track of it. They're safer because they're in a controlled environment. The other areas are safer. They have a place to live. And above all, now, whenever it does come time to the court date, you can actually administer it, and everybody's in the same location. And we've already, we're already funneling dollars into these university systems that aren't being used well. So why not go ahead and just do it that way and repurpose it, put it in their backyard, and see if suddenly these policies don't change? Take all these spoiled, white, liberal, rich kids filling dorm rooms at Harvard and elsewhere that are taking part in these anti-Jewish uh, protests and uh, yeah, ship them off to the Gaza Strip. And uh, and then find anybody who you can vet and put them in the housing instead. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Let's, let's, if we put some of these uh, folks that are coming into Billings, coming into Cowsville, coming into wherever, you put them in Missoula, and you might suddenly see a few of the uh, activist groups there. They may change their tune a little bit. Well, look at what already happened in Missoula. You had the Afghan so-called uh, refugee guy ra- uh, allegedly rape an 18-year-old woman. In Missoula, that's why this charter school in Billings is going to be providing cultural education. So they so they teach them how to treat women in America. Like that's what they're bringing into your community is that kind of a threat, you know. And then and then in both speaking of college towns in Bozeman, where these two ice holds, uh, these guys were arrested after multiple after a couple of stabbing incidents. One of them was downtown, right in the downtown scene where your college kids are spending their weekends and probably Thursday nights, too. Uh, right. Oh, I thought well, I had one more caller on the line I was going to try to get to. But it looks like we lost Brandon in Lewistown. So, yeah, Mitch, did you have one more thing you wanted to share there? I was going to say the other thing is, you know, let's also we've, this could actually be a win win in that we've talked about how practical education has gone away. And so they're asking, you know, where are you going to find these teachers? Well, Use the student teaching department there. Why not actually put these people into practice that are studying for these careers? Because these are the careers we need to support it. So this way we're not taking resources away from the general public that already exists. And you're getting a whole group of people that are getting hands-on experience to see what the real issues are. And I just feel like when you do it that way and you start doing the funding through the university system, the university system tends to produce the people that are going to be making the policy, the people that are going to be paying for all of this, let them get a first-hand look at what it could be for the rest of their lives, if that's the case. Yeah, it's it's getting crazy, and uh, yeah, our university campuses are the hotbeds of this extremism oftentimes. By the way, General Jack Keane was on with Mark Levin last night. I mean, we look at all of these challenges that we are seeing as a country, especially in the last three years. General Jack Keane says, the security challenges facing our country are at a scale we haven't seen since World War II. So uh, thanks, Biden. Thanks, Tester, once again.